0: Good morning, it's Danger Dan in the Talk Shop. I am back in New Mexico. Had an amazing weekend in Milwaukee. Holy shit, the 120th anniversary of Harley Davidson was a fucking riot. We had a great time. The concert that I got to go to was great, dude. Cody Jinks and the Foo Fighters were just fucking awesome, dude. Got to hang out with some ladies and... uh Man, that morning started off really good because I got to sit down with my friend Evan Evan Sin and talk racing and filmmaking and motorcycles and people and it was awesome. I uh, really, really fucking love Evan and I, I enjoy getting to know him and I hope that you will enjoy getting to know him a little better too by listening to this podcast. Let's get into it. party this weekend in Milwaukee, because it was fucking great. Hung out at the museum most of the day on Saturday. Got to see my sportster in the museum. Uh, David Creedler gave me one of the most epic tours through the museum that I could have ever imagined. It was uh, pretty fucking sick getting to go into the back and see the archives, everything from paper documents, to signs, to the collection of bikes and just how they store it and preserve everything. I can't think of any other company that has uh, a heritage like Harley Davidson that also preserves it and, you know, showcases it for the public to see all the time at their museum. So pretty fucking rad being a small part of that. The Mama Tried guys, you know, I I can't thank y'all enough, Scott and Warren For even putting my name in the hat to be a part of such an amazing thing. It's uh, pretty fucking awe-inspiring. There was a sweet bike show out front. Randy Detroit, dude. Man, I can't thank you enough. He brought me into his Legends crew. Gave me a ring for his damn show. The damn show that he had set up out front was fucking sick. Killer bikes all around dude choppers magazine was set up slinging merch it's always great to see carrie and his wife and his crew uh the v-twin visionary crew is there fucking pat is led sled is now an official sponsor of danger dan's talk shop i dude you are a fucking legend bud i love it magic mike tyler valentick man we went hard we went real fucking hard all day long. Uh, went to the concert that night. It was uh, man, it was a fucking party. Then dump truck had a party at Elwood's that night. King Tony was there. I hadn't seen him in a minute. <clears throat> this is good to fucking see him just being aggressive on a bike, doing burnouts in the bar. It was a uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a lot of fun. I wish I could have been there sooner to catch more of the stuff. It looked like they did a like a an adventure off-road training course some shit, you know, let <clears throat> some of the you know people that have done some groundbreaking things on the Pan-Americas got to do some talking. I got to see Greg and Ella from Poland, the couple that I did a podcast with down in South America. And that was really fucking cool to see them like in the States, in Milwaukee, getting the attention and recognition they deserve for all the miles they put on their bike together. Traveling across South America, now America, they are headed to Alaska. Uh, This other girl, black lady from DFW who rode the Pan America Highway down to Ushuaia, who I need to have on the podcast. She was there as well. Uh, I, I, I didn't get to hear any of these talks, but I mean, it looks like there was a bunch of shit that happened. Uh, You know, it it was a fucking party. And, uh, yeah, just stoked to be a small part of it. Really stoked. And uh, I can't wait to see what the future holds. Uh, Now, the next event now is going to be Sturgis. Uh, I'll be riding up there next week with the crew of dudes doing an off-road adventure through Colorado and pieces of Wyoming. It's going to be, it's going to be really fucking awesome. Uh, there's a prison party in the choppers magazine party at the Harley Davidson booth in Sundance square or Sundance. So I think they call it, maybe it's outlaw square in Sundance, South Dakota. Uh, the prison party is Saturday choppers magazine party is Sunday. I believe there's a LED Sled Custom Show on Monday, and then there's the Led Sled Sportster Showdown that happens over at Camp Zero on Wednesday. And uh dude, make sure you're following all those companies to see more about it. It's gonna be fucking sweet. I uh, you know, I always think I'm only gonna stay for a couple days at Sturgis, and uh and then the party just keeps going. Sasha's having his chopper show on Friday. Right there on the main drag. I think it's on LaZelle at the end of town. Definitely don't want to miss that Chopper show either. Uh, After that, later in August, we got the Virginia City Roundup in Virginia City, Nevada. It is a Chopper show and Rodeo. Uh, I found an adventure loop, like an off-road Virginia City loop. And since uh, Chopper's Magazine is going to haul my Pan America from Sturgis out there, I want to do a ride Saturday morning. There's going to be a big concert and a big pre-party Friday night, and then we will wake up and do the hangover ride around the Venture Loop. So if you got a Pan America or any adventure bike, dirt bike, whatever you got, Sportster, let's do the Adventure Loop Saturday morning and then show back up at the Chopper Show Rodeo, and I believe that all starts at noon. So, We'll have plenty of time to go do some off-road exploring. And that would be fucking rad. Uh, After that is Party at the Pen. That is Labor Day weekend in Boise, Idaho. Check out Party at the Pen. This is where we are going to do the, the Danger Dan Penitentiary run to Party at the Pen. That's right. Whoever can take a photo of their bike at a penitentiary or whoever takes their bike to whoever, what am I trying to say here? Whoever can gather the most photos of them and their bike at penitentiaries on their way to the party at the pen show is going to win a 12 month, uh subscription to MC shop tees and uh, probably a stash of MC shop t-shirts that I already have. And, whatever Danger Dan shirts I've got, uh, if I have your size. So, uh, shop merchandise, I'm sure we'll be throwing in some stuff as well. And I cannot wait to see all the pictures. I'll be, I'm trying to get some things freed up that that weekend is my wife's birthday. So if she can't be up there, I'm not going to be up there. So when I ride back from Virginia city, I'll be doing my own penitentiary run stacking up some penitentiary photos as well. It should be a fun thing, Uh, so I hope that you will be a part of it, and uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing the penitentiaries everybody finds with their choppers on the way there. be fucking cool. Now, this show, like all shows, is brought to you by MC Shop T-Shirt, T-Shirt of the Month Club, the only way to support every local motorcycle shop. Each month, you get a one-off, limited-print T-Shirt, only available to subscribers. Every shirt also comes with a postcard that tells you about the shop, where they're located, and what they specialize in. Uh, This month, we did a special shirt for Kevin Teach Bass Bass Boss up in Milwaukee. It was cool fucking seeing him in Milwaukee. He was at the uh, museum. I got to meet his mom and his dad as well, which it's always cool, like, you know, seeing where people come from uh, and hearing about. Dude, his mom, she's got a fucking shovel head. She's got a sports trike. He's got a sidecar rig. His dad has got a fucking panhead he's had for like fucking 40 years or some shit. Pretty fucking sweet. Uh, We're doing a shirt for him and his vintage Soul Motorcycle Show that's coming up later this month on the 29th. Which is... Shit, it's right around the corner. I hope that you were signed up, man, because the artwork, it was done by Richie Pan, which, you know, rest in peace... (coughs) was an inspiration to a lot of people and you know uh he you know he was a fucking bad dude you know that wrote his pan he was well known in the community and tattoo artist and artist so to be able to put his art on a t-shirt and put that out through mc shop tees is really fucking sweet so i hope that you're getting one of those shirts i can't wait to get mine it's gonna be fucking rad um If you want to support this show, but you don't want any t-shirts, go to DangerDansTalkShop.com. There's a Patreon support link where you can donate 5 bucks a month. Keep this show on the road. It'll also put you in the uh, drawing for a $100 gift card to Lowbrow Customs. That's right, a $100 gift card. I know that your chopper needs some parts. If not a cooler tank, at least some maintenance items like a chain. Or oil, They got it all there, man. They got wheels. They got lead sled custom parts. You definitely need some lead sled custom parts on your chopper. You know, lead sled, dude. Uh, he, you know, he got... You know, he picked up a lot of momentum years ago building sports to parts. But he does a lot of stuff now. And has been for doing it for years. One of my favorite things that he makes is uh, the fenders. And he's got a bunch of different options. My favorite part about it, though, is... All the metal he uses to make fenders came out of Humvees. There in Dayton, Ohio, where he's based. They used to put machine guns in the top of Humvees. So they would cut a circle out of the roof of the Humvee, and Pat would get all those circle pieces. And now he's got, I think he's got like an 18-wheeler filled with those fucking things, and that's what he makes all his fenders out of, 13-gauge steel, rolled by hand, well, I mean, with the machine, you know, right there at his spot, his shop. So, that's fucking cool. They had a party there recently I wish I could have made. And uh, his shop is fucking wicked. So, we'll uh, we'll try and make that party happen next year. Because I think it's going to be an annual thing. He's got a rad spot. Uh, <clears throat> so, anyways, yeah, you can buy his shit at lowbrowcustoms.com. Um, also, every... Every $5 you donate from now till the end of the year will put you in a drawing to win a trip, win an expedition thanks to Motorcycle Sherpa. That's right. Bear and Booty put on some of the baddest fucking trips ever in Nepal, India, and Mongolia. I got to see Bear while I was in Milwaukee. He just got back from a fucking epic trip to Mongolia where he had around the world Doug helping him out. So... You know, Not only does Bear curate some of the baddest fucking ex- expeditions over there, he brings some of the raddest people on board. And he's got me on board uh, for the first uh, Nepal trip this fall, the Ride to the Heavens, November 1st through the 13th. And uh, if you don't want to wait around on winning a trip and you want to sign up and go with me in Nepal, go to MotorcycleSherpa.com and sign up now. He said that trip is fucking filling up. I think there's, uh, what did he say? There's only a couple of spots left. There's ten people signed up. You know, we're thinking twelve or thirteen is about the max because we got some fucking hellions that are gonna be out of hand, and it's gonna be a sweet trip. So, go sign up quick before we have to, you know, cut that off, and uh, then you'll just have to wait. Wait for the next one. or Maybe you'll win one. Uh, uh, But it was cool seeing Bear. And talking about the future. Um, You know. What else? What else is going on? What else did I miss? Oh, I recorded another podcast with Oliver Jones on Sunday. Um, And that was really fucking great, dude. That guy, he, you know, he has got some of the. I mean, he's got the raddest fucking style out there, in my opinion, right now. And he's built all sorts of shit from, you know, panhead choppers to FXRs to, like, the modern Harley-Davidson. I think it's ST is what he did was fucking sick, or not an ST. He did—oh, just wait till you hear this fucking podcast. But he's also working on a Pan Am now, and you guys— your mind's going to be fucking blown. I can't wait to see it. So school talking to him. I also stopped and recorded a podcast with <clears throat> Chopper Charlie about his trip over to Russia, which was awesome. You know, I love catching up with Charlie. And uh, I was actually hoping to meet up with my friend Pablo in Denver, and it just didn't work out. Uh, Pablo's been doing some adventure riding. He recently got uh, a T7. And, you know, it's cool seeing my friends, like, you know, take up this new, not new, but, you know, a different way of traveling. I've known uh, Pablo to travel around on the shovelhead for a long time. And now he's got an adventure bike and he's he's exploring the off-road and the other camping possibilities that an off-road bike can bring to you. So I will have him on soon. Uh, but right now, let's get into this podcast with Evan Sim. We recorded this. Right outside his back door, sitting around a campfire, drinking coffee, topos, and I think we had a couple hams there at the end. Evan, thank you for sitting down, and I look forward to the possibilities of working more with you in the future. I uh, we did we talked about video in this podcast, and I know that there is a lot of visual content that I could be creating because I get to see some amazing things and amazing places and amazing people, and. Capturing that is tough. Uh, I mean, especially for me, and to do it effectively, I would need somebody cool like Evan to be hanging out. That's capable of going to some of the places that I plan on taking this this show. So maybe we could do something like that in the future. If not, I look forward to seeing everything else you produce along the way and getting to know you more. Enjoy this podcast with Evan Sin.
1: Check, 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 check. Watermelon. What did I have for breakfast? Nothing yet. Grapefruit juice. Coffee. The beer I had for breakfast wasn't bad, so I had one more for dessert. Oh my God, isn't that a good one? Mm-hmm. Oh
0: man. Have you heard that, uh, <clears throat> or seen that video, that guy singing that song in the New York City subway? No. Who sounds exactly like Johnny Cash? No. Oh, he's just like a, you know, street performer. And he puts it on, and it's like if you weren't watching the video, you would just assume it was, you know, an old recording. That's awesome. Yeah, it is odd. Dude, street performers are fucking great. Do you guys got many street performers down here? No. I don't think
1: I've seen many of that. No. Much of that. And if it is, it's very strange. I mean, like, there was a dude who. <laughs> there was a dude dressed up as a pinata on a bicycle, just like doing wheelies. Around. Dressed up as a piñata. Uh-huh. How did he dress up as like
0: wrapped up with oh, full, like like mummy in, paper? Weather, yeah,
1: the weather was like this and he's like full piñata. I assume he burns just, the thing after he's done because it can't smell well <laughs> after it's all over. Was he just hoping to get hit by baseball bats or what? He just wanted to see. Um, that would have been a good bit though. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe he, was he was full of candy. A, What's in there?
0: Yeah. Now? Dude, we fucking, uh, we did a chopper run two years ago or last year or some shit. And one of the last stops was at our buddy Spencer's place in Aztec, New Mexico and his daughter was turning 16. So we fucking stopped at the Mexican market, got food, bought this big old pinata and all of us grown men, you know, did the pinata, but I made everybody spin around on the bat for their age. So, you know, it was like fucking spin around 30 fucking times. It was hilarious. (laughs)
1: Everybody would just stand up and grab the bat and just fall right the fuck over I had a, a person who shall rena- remain nameless. They had a family party, but once again, Milwaukee weirdness. Um, they're filling this pinata with candy. Uh, there was also a small bag of Coke on the table. Somehow, someone accidentally put the small bag of Coke into the pinata. Children were present. They knew it was This was an accident or (coughs) this was an accident. It was an accident, truly. And so pinata finally breaks. Four (laughs) grown ass adults run much faster than the kids just to get this thing of
0: (laughs) Did they see it or they knew that it was that it had to have gotten mixed in? Correct. They knew that it was mixed in. They knew that it was in there. That's good. You gotta be careful. Just throwing elbows at kids, knocking them out of the way. That's a good piñata. That sounds like a are, yeah, real Mexican piñata. These pinata. kids are
1: thinking, like, man, think these adults really like candy.
0: <laughs> and they do. Yes, they do. They do. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, going to Mexico on the chopper. I've always wanted to come back with a fucking Mexican piñata for my kids. And I just, I've never even seen a piñata in Mexico.
1: Huh? And I've been to a couple places down there. Never once. So that's our misconception that we've... we've. Maybe I'm just not going to the right places, you know? Right. And there's certain... Like Canadian bacon is not from Canada, you know? A piñata, I guess, is from Texas. And then <laughs> we, we pretend it's from Mexico.
0: I mean, you find them at the Mexican markets in Texas. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I always assumed that I could get, like... You know, when you're leaving Mexico and those people are fucking selling all sorts of shit, you know, they're your last chance to buy stuff. What a great opportunity for one of those Mexicans to have pinatas. You know, they would sell. Maybe they've just sold out of the pinatas by yeah, the time I get there. They're every that time, popular. You know, they're just gone. Well, uh, Evan, I'm sure you're wondering why I brought you here today. I, I am. Um, and we've talked about it a couple times. Uh, racing. You know, I. I'm trying to think, were you at the showing, I believe you were in Dallas. Correct. At the movie theater, the mm-hmm. really, the, I think it was the Texas, the Majestic Theater, it was a really cool old theater. Right,
1: it's where they, it's where uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was caught and arrested. That's
0: not where I went. Yeah, it is. Oh, where he was caught and arrested. Okay. In that theater. It was in that theater. Yeah. Um I guess I didn't realize that.
1: Uh-huh. That's even cooler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pick that out specifically? No, 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 no. Uh the way that happened. Um the way that happened well, let's let's build up to that because
0: Well what I was getting at is it, it couldn't have come at a better time for me. Because I was just like getting into that, you know. Uh that before that year, you know, riding my chopper to events, I would ride it on the track if there was a track available. There used to be a class where they would let me run what I brung. And then it kind of got serious. And the, the hooligan class, they were like, no, you got to have a sportster. You know, like it kind of changed and they wouldn't let me run my chopper at some of these things. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going build, to build a fucking, you know, hooligan sportster. Yeah. And then right around the same time, that film dropped and I got to see it. And it was just, it was great. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, so the way Fast and Left started was um, I, had done, I had done three short films. They mean a lot to me, and I still revisit them and enjoy what I created. But to oversimplify it, they were three films about old white guys. That's, that's, a, that's a severe oversimplification. <laughs> okay. But I looked at my body of work... And thought, like, I need to do something else that's not this again.
0: What were those other three?
1: <clears throat> First t- guy was a guy named Blind Guy. Um, he went by Blind Guy because his name was Jim. And walking around blind, Jim, is just far too common. So if someone said, hey, Blind Guy, he knew you were talking to him. Uh, charming. Uh, 65-year-old gay male, just an amazing human being. Um, and he also dressed to the nines. Like, the dude had so much style. Come on, blind? Yeah.
0: The dude how had did, so much did, style. How did that
1: work? I, I don't know. He
0: had somebody, right? Well, no,
1: he did not. And he went blind halfway through his life. So basically okay. at the age of 35, he went blind. He used to do landscaping, um, was always a fancy man. And he went blind and maintained that style... Uh, and he was just, he was gorgeous to look at, fun to talk to. Um, So I made a film about him. The next one, as we take Blind Guy out to lunch, someone has a business card that says, one man band, conch shell player, Santa Claus, impersonator. I look at that business card, I grab it and I show my buddy, I go, this is the next film. (laughs) Sure enough, it was. (laughs) That guy was Jazzbo, the one man band. Jazzbo. Third one I did, uh, so I do commercial cinematography and editing as well. End up in Texas, um, Innis, Texas, Italy, Texas. Yeah. Uh, Waxahachie, that whole area. Yeah, right, there. I used to go to the drag strip in Innis. Okay, so there was a guy singing gas station country karaoke. <laughs> that sounds like East Texas for you. Yeah, took a picture of him, and then I started like, looking at that picture, thinking like, what a good looking guy, what a weird story, I'd like to know more tracked him down, and made a film about him, Ace the Gas Station Cowboy. And then so, once again, three films that I was proud of, but I can't just do another one of these like this, so I need a new...
0: Now, where were you putting these films out? Like, how were you releasing them? They were all
1: on Vimeo. Vimeo was kind of, like, doing better back then. I don't know if you use that. It's kind of like a professional form of YouTube. Yeah. And they both kind of, like, all three kind of lit up, got me some extra work. When you say professional, it was like what it... How is it more professional than YouTube? So if you watch, if you watch a short film like one of those, it's not going to suggest a video of a cat farting. You know, if you like that, you'll love this. There's no commercials. Uh, it's a paid service, so it's okay. and I use it professionally too to like share videos with clients. It's clean. I can I can control the user interface. I can make it black and gold with minimal type. Gotcha. They can enter a password. Um, but they used to do this thing called Vimeo staff picks. And if you made Vimeo staff pick, like people were watching it, you know, it was kind of like the short film of, of the day. Okay. So those got staff picks and got me All some, three of them did, huh? Yeah, yeah. And so those got me, I mean, once that happened, once I was, I was working the day that blind guy got staff pick, all of a sudden emails are pouring in, you know, like I just saw this film. If you need a composer, hey, what did you shoot this on? We got an email from Mazzetta, a canned vegetable company from, like, Italy. They wanted to do um, profiles on farmers in Italy in the same style. So, like, it was like oh, a really... Oh, wow. Yeah. So that would have like, been fucking yeah. cool. So, it was like a nice, it was a nice space to present those films. Yeah, people were yeah. watching. Yeah. So, then I kind of thought, like, all right, what do I want to do next? And um, motorcycles interested me. I thought motorcycles sure are fucking cool. I didn't know. I didn't know what what side the brake was on, what side the clutch was on. Really, they were that foreign to
0: you. Correct. There's a fucking set of leathers in there, bud. We'll get there.
1: We'll get there.
0: It's <laughs> awesome.
1: Yeah. So, well, how long ago was this? All right. Um, at, at this moment, this would have been about seven. Uh, this would have been about ten years ago. So I make a list of things that I want to approach. Pinball was one. Tiki bars was one. Um, crop dusting. Airplanes was one. So I just had this list of like things I would like to possibly make a film now, on. Now, were you getting pushed um, outside of your own artistic, you know? I was, I was challenging myself to uh, approach a subculture that I was not yet okay. aware of. So I ended up hitting up a uh, women's moto exhibit. Um, and I've, I've, I filmed an event for them with women in motorcycles. And I wanted to get a shot from a motorcycle. I have my RED camera. It's large, it weighs like 20 pounds. So I asked if I could hop on someone's bike. And this gal uh, offers her bike and she goes, have you been on a motorcycle before? I go, yep. I had not. So hop on a bike, and I was so fucking stoked. Fucking like Mount Rainier's in the background, I'm on someone's bike, surrounded by women on motorcycles. I'm like, this is sick, man. This is sick. Come back home, sign up for a motorcycle license, get a BMW R65, start riding every fucking day. This is, I lived in Wichita, Kansas at the time and just fell in love with motorcycles. And then started hearing whisperings of this thing called MotoGP, talking about how it's just the coolest fucking, coolest racing there is. I watch one um, and got pretty hooked. It was a really good race. Oddly enough, it was a Moto3 race, which was funny because I thought, man, this is the shit. This is such an amazing sport. And then the announcers are saying like, all right, like that was the, the low, that was the lower class. These are 18, 19, 20 year olds. Just wait until the premiere class. So I, got, I, got, I was into it, and then hop on Amazon and I watched this film called Hitting the Apex, which is a phenomenal MotoGP documentary. That film changed my life overnight. Like, bam, wow. my life is now different.
0: Hitting the Apex. I gotta Hitting watch it. Hitting the this. Apex,
1: yeah. Um, directed by Mark Neal, narrated by Brad Pitt. It gives you such a knowledge and love for the sport immediately isn't it funny how just knowing more
0: about something creates more interest in it you know like the more uh, you know yeah the the, more you can understand i mean that's one thing i've like started paying attention to is like announcers you know and like how they talk about the sport like i've been watching a lot of supercross and uh you know the announcers on tv they're not talking to the people that are already fans right like you're going to watch no matter what. So they're talking to the people that don't really know as much, you know, trying to explain it in a way that you know, somebody who doesn't understand will be able to understand so that they have more interest in Correct. something. In yeah. the film, I can imagine just that's exactly what that thing is doing. It's yeah. just telling you about it, which is
1: creating a ton of interest. Yeah, and that's that was my goal. So um start telling my buddy how much how great this sport is and he's been watching it for years and he's like, well, we should go to a flat track motorcycle race. I'm like, you know, I'm up for it, let's go. Go to a flat track race in Wichita, a place called Jeep's Motorcycle Club. I see 75 year old men on bull tacos. I see little kids on pit bikes, you know, running the track. Um, Dads with their kids on the bikes putting around pit to pit. And I thought like, I think this is my next film I'm gonna do this. I Google flat track film. Nothing's been done since the 70s, like an untapped thing. Wow. If one had been made the year before that was good, I would not have made a new one, you know? So there was a huge gap um, from when a flat track film was made. And my initial goal was to spend about six nights at six different races and make a 10 minute film, probably closer to five or six. But then, as this sport bites like you... Like just for
0: Vimeo, like just like yeah, another... Yeah, just, just a just,
1: short film that, you Just know, put out. Yeah. Maybe people will see, maybe they won't. But I want to create something. Um, and the sport bites hard and pulls you in. So once I went to about my third race, all of a sudden, like, I was so invested. And then I spent two and a half years... Um, oh, wow, Yeah. Dude. Going to about 35-plus races all across the U.S., Pro, amateur, Kansas, Lima, Texas, Illinois. Um,
0: That's one thing I really enjoyed about your film was capturing, you know, every degree of it to some, you know, to mm-hmm. some respect. Whereas pros to the to the back, you know, just all of it. You yeah. Know? Like not just focusing on the pro level, you know, because there's so much more than yeah. you know, that level. And there's so much. You know, there's a lot of people that get so much out of it that will never be a pro and don't even care to be a pro. Uh, yeah, and it's worth sharing.
1: Yeah, and, and my goal was to, because I'm not a technical person when it comes to the inner workings of a motorcycle, just like, just like Jeremy Proc. it's not about the motorcycles, it's about the motorcycle people. Yeah. So, I wanted to make a film that introduced, my goal was, I want someone who's never gone to a race to go to a race. I want someone who's never been on the track to get on the track, and someone who doesn't own a motorcycle just to be more knowledgeable about this love with the sport. And that's happened many times over. Um, I still have people who, like I got a message from Indonesia. This guy asked if he could show my film before a race. I'm like, yeah, yeah, dude, like, of course, of course. I get this video of about 40 people at a flat track race, watching it at night on a big screen in Indonesia, getting stoked to get on the track the next day. So that film thankfully means a lot to a lot of people um, and it's still like people will watch it to get pumped, you know, Um, and so once I finish the film, uh, I start getting like, I'm still finishing the film at this point and this is 2019. Part of me wanted to go another year, but I was using my credit card, no sponsorship. Um, I tried to get sponsorship, that didn't work, but I kept going. And I showed my cards too when I sent out like sponsorship emails. I said, this film is getting made regardless, but would you like to be a part of it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then once it's, once it's getting close to completion, I got, a, I got an email from Toronto Motorcycle Film Festival. And they said, we really wanna show your film, when is it gonna be done? It wasn't done, um, but I thought like, all right, here's an imaginary deadline that I could use to yeah. put a fire under my ass.
0: So Which helps a lot yeah, in yeah, the yeah, creative yeah, process.
1: Yeah, so I hid away and just spent weeks and weeks and weeks editing and finishing this film. I send it to uh, this guy with Toronto Motorcycle Film Festival, and I, I even say like, hey man, like this isn't done yet. If... if, if If it's not good enough, like maybe next year, but here's what I have now. I get an email a few days later. He's just like, this thing you created is so special. It's so good. I can't wait to show this in Toronto. I'm like, all right, it's not done yet, but like, let me, let me polish it. Let me polish it. Um, And uh, it, so it premieres, it premieres uh, at that film festival. And mind you, I've only watched this thing by myself in my office. You hadn't showed it to anybody. Nobody. Oh. <laughs> like technically the first time <clears throat> you weren't I,
0: even getting notes from anybody doing no, during this
1: process. No. So technically the first time I watched it was with two racers who drove like four hours to come and watch the movie. And my partner at the time. And we watched it at home. And dude, I got goosebumps watching it. And then like hearing these are these are these are loud troublemakers, you know. And the silence as they're watching this film and like seeing themselves on the screen too one guy works at a tire shop in Topeka he's on the big screen in his leathers talking about (laughs) motorcycle racing so that was the first time I watched it and dude after it was over they were like applaud and then like one of the guys he goes Evan can we you don't have to but can we watch that again (laughs) (laughs) oh So uh, it ends up truly premiering at the Toronto Motorcycle Film Festival. Uh, it opens with a hams commercial. And once again, man, like, to, to be working on this by myself in Kansas, and then all of a sudden being in a theater in Toronto um, and I ended up. And what a special place! I mean, the Toronto Motorcycle
0: Film Fest. Yeah. I had no idea that existed. I want it's, to go it's now. It's so cool. <laughs>
1: um, and I, I want to. I want to possibly bring something like that to Milwaukee. Um, so I end up winning best short, best documentary short. Um, have a good night. I wake up in the morning. I call my partner at the time and my best friend, and I said, "All right, this thing is working." I want, to sh- I want to premiere this in Kansas next month. I still need to polish this thing and finish it, finish it.
0: You still weren't even...
1: No, no, there was like a scene that was missing that was like, and the, the, the submission deadline had passed and I added a new scene that like makes the film to me um, and it just wasn't in there yet. So uh, I said like, in, next month I want to premiere this in Kansas and I asked my buddy, I like, can I, can I give you the responsibility of finding the place to show it making like an art show i want to make this special but i'm busy and my friend gavin took over that responsibility nailed it we end up in a art gallery that could house about 150 people we had 400 people there (laughs) we had there's no elevator there was there was racers who had been paralyzed um, and people just grab their wheelchair and carry them up with them like it was you know it's that community yeah so we had this place fucking packed full of people they had to kick people out and i made the dumb mistake of supplying free beer i didn't know there was gonna be that many people (laughs) um so yeah then after that people start seeing you know photos of like this film premiere and stuff and i start getting messages from gary inman from sideburn chris from brazil uh, Germany, Indonesia, Texas. Like, people want to show the film. And that's how we met. I end up, uh, this guy, he, once again, he did all that shit. I just let him show my film and I showed up. And we show it in Texas, and they literally passed around a hat, and I got a hat full of cash for my work and met a bunch of people. <laughs> Honestly, I don't, I don't remember meeting you there, but I do remember, uh, Maybe I don't like, know that we met, but, I mean, I, I have, you were there. I have your sticker on a flask. Maybe we did meet. We did. Okay. We did. I don't remember it. Did you look the same back then? You, you haven't I, changed your bit, I right? Don't really, no. Okay. Um, so then, uh, yeah, so that's when we first met, but, you know, a connection wasn't established yet. Um, but, yeah, so then my film's shown everywhere, um, thankfully. And then I met Scott Johnson in Lima at a race, and I was not gonna to go to that race. One, once again, I was out of money. Been doing this for a long time. That was a 14 hour drive for me in Lima. But Gary from Sideburn and Scott Johnson from Mama Tried were gonna be there. And both asked if I was gonna be there. Were
0: you aware of Sideburn and Mama Tried at this point? I mean.
1: Yes. You were, okay. Yes. Um, so basically, yeah, so Sideburn is a very, very, very well curated, well done, uh, magazine out of the UK. I started buying issues. That's how I met Jeffrey Carver, was through that magazine, technically. So when Scott asked if I was going to be there and Gary asked if I was going to be there, I just said, yeah, of course I am. I, that was bullshit. <laughs> I was not going to be there. But I thought, this seems like a positive opportunity yeah. to, one, see a motorcycle race, and then, two, meet them. So that's how I met Scott. And then Scott offered to do a showing at Mama Tried in 2020 and hop in my car, 12-hour drive from Kansas to Milwaukee, six hours in, the world changes. Mm Mm-hmm, I was here. Yeah, and I send. I actually called Scott and I'm just, man, I know this is a shitty day. I also don't know Scott at this point, you know, like, man, I know this is a really shitty day do I still have a hotel room or not? Because <laughs> if I don't, I'll turn around, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's like, we can't cancel the hotels. Uh, you have a room, whether you use it or not. And so I, I come up here, have a fucking blast, you know? So
0: good. Yeah, it was, that so was good. Yeah,
1: exactly. We made our own fun. We, we worked with what we could. And, you know, on the way back home, like, people are joking, like, can we still hug? Like, you know, uh, my buddy says, like, dude, if you see toilet paper, buy it. So, like, that was the day the world changed, and that was my first experience with Milwaukee. And then, uh, yeah, fast forward three years I live here now. Wow. Yeah, Scott's
0: great. I'm glad I've gotten to, you know, oh, get to know him Oh, Scott's so good. special, man. Like. Yeah.
1: That whole crew. Well, and proc for president. Proc for president, yeah. dude. I fucking, I mean that. I mean, I mean that. That man has a special... A special place in my heart. like. Well, so, like, did you look for,
0: yeah, like, so you look for a flat track film. There hadn't been one. Did you start
1: researching other motorcycle films? Or was it, did you just? That's all I did, dude. Yeah, okay. And once again, I had a partner at the time who I still love dearly. Um, but I was probably insufferable around that time. Every, if you've seen, we could walk through my house later and look at some of the books and art, but everything in there is about motorcycles. Yeah, I've... And it's not, it's not for decoration, you know. <laughs> it was research. I watched every motorcycle move, movie, film, you know, whether it was about racing or outlaw shit. Like, I just consumed motorcycles constantly. So, yeah, I did a lot of research. But then also um, a lot of other documentary films. Like, there's a filmmaker named Les Blank who... Um, does subcultures, a lot of like Deep South, food, people, um, Appalachians, uh, music. Uh, and he's, he's a kind of guy that like chills out, has a beer with these people, gets to know them before making something. He's not some pretentious art prick who shows up and steals from them. Mm-hmm. He lives the, in the community, which is what I did. And there was a special point... When I was parking, where
0: now did you do this intentionally, or was that just kind of the way it manifested itself? It was or, intentional.
1: Like yeah. that's 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 always been my style. Um,
0: like when you did the three shorts, you totally you did, you, you went smoked in weed fucking, with these guys. Yeah. talked
1: to them, called them, called them during, after the film. Like just hey, how are you?
0: That, so that film you're talking, or the guy you're talking, about, reminds me of a, a documentary. Fuck, what's the name of it? The guy from the legendary Shack Shakers did it. You okay. know about this? I'm not aware of this, no. He traveled around. He found musicians uh, that were, you know, that didn't do music for a living. Like it was okay. literally just them expressing their soul. And they were all like, you know, whether it was a butcher in a small town or, uh, you know, some, like I think a sermon was in it. Just people that were, you know, n- blue collar is not even the right word. You know, there's people sure. of the South living and doing music you know because they had you know yeah when you do you know sometimes it's just something you can't not do yeah and those are the people we found where it was like it was just so much meaning it, it, it just reminded me of that guy yeah you should see that i think it's called seven to. sins maybe okay or, it's a good one you know legendary shack shakers no oh they're fucking
1: yeah i will soon yeah
0: you will yeah. it's good it's good
1: so i'm parking where the civilians park and I'm slapping my gear by myself. I show up in the pits all fucking sweaty, get in, and Bull Taco Bill, 70-year-old motorcycle racer that's been racing since he was 18, he was like, Evan, it's good to see you here. This is about the fifth race now. And he knew, like, this guy's serious. He yeah. didn't show up to, like, you know, make a Facebook film and, like, have it out the next day. Um, he said, where'd you park? And I said, out there, like, you know, where the fans are, and Bill says, nope. You don't park out there you park in here now and him saying that like you're in now yeah, yeah, you know so then that's when i became to me part of the community um what a welcoming community it is oh, too it's, it's it? amazing and these guys are busting my balls for not like why, why are you working come come race hop on my bike you can have my bike you can have my leathers you can like use all this shit <laughs> And I said, I will never get on a flat track, dude. Like, I'm not going to do that. You guys are too fucking crazy. And now, yeah, I have leathers. <laughs> I, I, I did some racing. Um, I couldn't not. So once again, like truly enveloping yourself in a community as opposed to just stealing from them, using cool images and using a good story and, you know, peace out, you mm-hmm. know, thanks. I, I, I dove in. Yeah. I mean...
0: Yeah, they took you in, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. you can't dive into something that's not there. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the racing community, <clears throat> my experience racing has been uh, l- literally just that, just, like, for the experience, you know, just checking things out, just trying something. I mean, I'm like a, I don't know, I guess I'm like, I always want to know what's around the next turn. You know, I'm just curious. Yeah. You know, so I've tried numerous kinds of racing, but it's, it's that – that community, that welcomeness, is, it's pervasive in all of it, you know. One of the really interesting ones, and I haven't done this one, is, is land speed
1: racing. Have you been to the Salt Flats? I have not. I'm, I'm very, very, very much aware of the Salt Flats and that type of racing. Because yeah, it's, I have it's not so crazy because
0: everybody's just racing themselves, yeah. essentially, you know. Yeah. like, And they're very aware of that. And they they help even more so, you know, and, and that's one thing that's always got me in, you know the pits at the racetrack is like, the people competing against each other are helping each other out. Oh, 100%. You know, and yeah. it's so you know, and I know that that kind of dissipates the, you know the more pro that you get, you know, but uh, that attitude is so
1: awesome. Yeah, you know? Bill at one race, Bill gave a guy uh, one of his sprockets because uh, just based on the track conditions, this guy you know needed one more tooth or one less tooth, but didn't have that sprocket. Bill gave it to him. That guy ends up winning the race. And then Bill, you know, he says, like, at least I got beat by my own sprocket. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I got beat by my own sprocket. Yeah, well, you know, when you really care, you don't want to win because somebody else, you know, wasn't at their best, you know. You want to win when everybody else was, you know. Laying it all out there and did the best they could
1: do with what they had. Yeah. And even, you know, there's guys at the back that, like, come out with a fucking grin on their face. And it's like, I didn't crash and I didn't get passed. You know? Like, even that's a win. Yeah. Like, just being out there, making that journey. That's
0: how I am. I'm like, I survive. You know, like, I get to leave the track on two wheels. Right, right. It's awesome. And then, like, like, well,
1: shit, you, you coming off your bike and side saddle in a suit in a venue like that's just good imagery did you win that race I don't fucking think so who gives a shit I won it I won that whole fucking night exactly (laughs) see there's there's a there's a there's a spiritual trophy in that
0: was was great about that as you know it's the brakeless class and that thing it just didn't quit you know like it just Fuck it goes down, I pick it up and it just takes off and I gotta <laughs> go with it, you know. <clears throat> Jump back on, bouncing off those hay bales, trying to get a leg over and that that custom suit from Catman Dude
1: just didn't have enough crotch space yeah. for me to like, you know, maneuver. Yeah, dude, and I've heard I've heard people laughing in their helmets, you know. Oh yeah. Like I've heard people have such a good time. And once again, like in, in my in my process on that, there's photographers that go to races and only hang out on turn 1 and take 300 photos of 300 people that you could go to the website and buy your photo for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, that's their hustle, that's their game. <clears throat> me, I've never sold a photo to a racer. And I've had people try to give me money. I'm like, "No, no, no. Dude, like, here's here's your photo." Man. I like, think
0: this. the fucking promoters should be paying people like you. To make everybody on the track look amazing, yeah. and then give them those photos. Yeah, you know. And like. so
1: I've, i so I, I have done that for money. Um, once again, like as a commercial artist, um, I make these films for fun, and I make my money off commercial work. So I have done. Uh, I did a film for Harley Davidson on the XR 750, the greatest motorcycle yep. ever made. Um, I met them, in, <laughs> I made. I met them in Portland.
0: That happened after Fast and Left, Yeah, correct? so
1: um, Tor from the One Moto Show showed the film. And um, I got an email from him, like, it's going to show at the One Moto Show. We don't know how, who, what, when, where, but we'll figure it out. And I said, all I ask for is a plane ticket in a hotel room. Like, bring me there because I can't afford to. So, um, And then he says, hey, I've gone ahead. Harley is now handling this. It's going to be their event and your event. So I'm going to put you in touch with Harley Davidson to have this film happen. And they did all the fucking work like I didn't. I just once again just showed up Um, and I meet these guys afterwards um, and I said, you know, the, the 50th anniversary of the XR 750 is this year. You guys should make a film about that. And someone from Harley said, yeah, okay, so we're actually going to have a bunch of those motorcycles at Springfield and we're going to do like a barbecue with all these motorcycles. Maybe you, could, like, maybe you could show up to that barbecue and make a short film. And I said, I'm not interested in that. I don't do events. <laughs> One, there's going to be people wearing Indian shirts. There's going to be people smoking cigarettes with beer bellies. It's not good imagery. A parking lot with barbecue is not the shit I shoot. So I said, you know what, you should do, and I just shot my shot and like fully presented them my idea, which they could have just walked away. I mean, but away did you
0: even have a plan for that? Or did it just kind of come up? Or had right something you've been thinking about? I had about? no
1: plan. Yeah. Um, so I said, no, what you should do is interview Mert Lawwell, Jay Springsteen, Chris Carr, Jeffrey Carver, who's the last person to win on an XR750, and also now one of my closest friends. You know, I met him literally in the pits at an AF- my first AFT race. Didn't know who he was, and now he's homie level. Like, he's he's he's, he's, he's special. Um, and he's the last guy to win on an XR750. And a Harley Davidson hasn't won in the premier class of AFT since that. You know, the new Harley is not winning. No. The the Indian Scout is. But he built, he, he beat Indian Scouts that day on... 47 year old motorcycle So sick. um so harley paid me to make that film and that brought me across the u.s meeting all those racers and at that point how much
0: of a cell did you have to put on them I and mean, would you present that idea I, I and they were to. like
1: yeah so basically my initi- my elevator pitch was in a bar in portland which <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you hit the corporate level that's not enough yeah you know
0: so, Even when everybody acts like it's enough, right, it's still right. not enough. So
1: pretty much, it was like, great idea, now present it to us. And it's like, I thought I just, I thought I just did yeah. that, you know? Um, so then, yeah, I had to uh, do a little bit of a gamble and hire, hire a producer based on trust. Uh, hey, man, if this goes through, we're working together. If it doesn't, let me know what I owe you, like, mm-hmm. you know? Because uh, this isn't a real job yet. And, like, that's one of the shittiest parts of this career is... Uh, estimating building an idea that could just go nowhere you know so they bit i i put together a great package i actually i i went to a company and asked like hey like i need to build a proof of concept and i want it to look really nice Um, and i asked them what that would cost they said eight thousand dollars and i said i'm gonna go elsewhere for this and i did it all by myself um, I, fuck dude, Photoshop, um, checking spelling. Like it was, it was, that's not what I normally do, but I made this fucking awesome proof of concept. It was beautiful. It had a style. It had a look to it and then they bit, um, and I'm really thankful. So then once again, like, like doing homework, man, now I'm obsessed with this motorcycle specifically. I already know a lot about flat track now. I know who these racers are, but then I start deep diving on the XR 750. I approach Gary from Sideburn, and he he and I wrote the script. Um, and that film's I love that film, but it's different than Fast and Left because this is interview based with archival footage. And the mm-hmm. XR 750 is not being currently raced, so it's like uh, there was no new footage acquired besides interviews. No. And then Harley gave me access to their 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 museum um to get the best photos uh super high-res scans like um i had photographers and this is the height of covid i have photographers mailing me their their film slides and i'm just like vibing scanning this shit like you'll see some (laughs) like there's art on my walls that like i love so much that i just had to get printed and stuff so i made that film which brought me back to milwaukee once again um And then that's when I really fell in love with Milwaukee and I had already known that I wanted to move out of Kansas. And yeah, so after like my fourth visit to Milwaukee, I um, was invited to go to Scott's house. I'm staying in an area I don't know and I expect like a 30 minute ride to Scott's house. Pull up Uber, put in his address. It ends up being a two minute walk away. So like, that's kind of like, oh shit, like, this is like a central hub of cool Mm -hmm. shit. So I go to Scott's and Scott and I were at at that point maybe talking about doing a examination of Wisconsin racing. So I go to his house and he's got boxes and boxes of VHS. And he says like, he's like, hey man, like how do you want me to mail you all these boxes? And I said, I'm moving to Milwaukee. (laughs) Just like that. And he goes, when did you decide this? I said, ah, five minutes ago. Oh, and he goes wow. like, "Have you told anyone?" I go, "Nope. You're the first. You're the first person I told." Two months later, I lived here. Oh, that's and awesome. um, here's a fun one. So I'm driving here with my dog, um, my dog and me, and all my shit. I, I don't know anyone here, and I put it out on social media as fast and left. I'm like, "Hey, Milwaukee, I'm gonna be there in six hours. If anyone could please help me move, that would be appreciated. Beers and uh, pizza on me." flat out friday responds hey jeremy here i've got a crew what's your address i tell him and he's like that's my neighborhood we'll be there at 6 <laughs> we had so that awesome. fucking thing unloaded in record time yeah and then jeremy um you know the way he speaks he's yeah. like all right you live here now what are your expectations what what are you what are you doing here how can i help what oh, do he you grilled need you. totally he, totally yeah. um and for the best reasons oh yeah and so at that point i had only met jeremy on race days which yeah different jeremy. is an oxymoron different you don't jeremy. meet jeremy on a race no. day you do not converse he's he's in his own headspace doing his thing e- even his deepest friends and like i know this now like jeremy's not jeremy on race day uh-huh. he just turned 50. i think that could be changing he's he's on a new he's on a new mission
0: well, he's, he's getting really good at it you know yeah. and
1: that's yeah it takes some time yeah. and he's getting there And then Jeremy fully invest, you know, um, I moved here February 1st, 2002, February 4th. I was ice racing. (laughs) I mean, they just, they pulled me in, like, you know, uh, hopped in a car with Andy Clark. And Jeremy says, Evan, have you met Andy? Andy, have you met Evan? We said, no. He's like, great. You have three hours. There's a three hour ride for you guys to meet. Um, and then man, now, like now, fuck, uh, Milwaukee is it, it's fucking home, man. Like, I, I went back to Kansas a few weeks ago and I was not stoked. And it was on the drive back. I hop into a R quick trip, um, KW, not QT. Okay. And so I go into a Wisconsin quick trip, and uh, the lady asked me if I want a bag. And I'm like, dude, I'm almost home. I need this. <laughs> I heard big. Uh, I'm almost home. That's awesome. So yeah. So Milwaukee means the world to me now. Yeah. So
0: you've gotten to be here. I'm sure you've participated or helped out to some degree with Jeremy's
1: 24-hour bike race. It, dude, it's the it's it is the best thing in Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. Flat out Friday and Mama Trider, awesome. I think awesome. about that. But the River West 24. All the time,
0: dude. dude. dude I got it. I got it tattooed, to man. Prove it.
1: Yeah, and that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Are you going to be here?
0: No. Oh, Okay. No, but I'm going to come for one of those. Yeah, like, it's, that's dude, it's so special. Yeah, yeah. I need to make that happen. Yeah, Jeremy brought me in. Both Jeremy and Scott. I came through, I think in 18 or 19, you know, and just got to sit down with both of them, and it was it was fucking amazing. Yeah, it really was. Uh, you know, Prax level of awareness and. Uh, you know, his intentions, and it's it's all amazing, you know? What he does in the community, I mean, it's <coughs> it's good. It's so good. Yeah, when I say practical president, I, I mean. Oh, yeah. You couldn't find a better one.
1: No, no. And um, we also started this group called the Banana Splits, and we bowl at this bar built in 1915. We bowl downstairs, um, and it's... It's the philosophy of Flat Out Friday in a small bowling alley. So the
0: philosophy of Flat Out Friday is one thing that, you know, whenever I talk to a race promoter, I'm like, have you been to a Flat Out Friday race? You need to, like, I see what you're doing here. You don't even understand what you're doing here. You need to go to a, flat. you need to pay to just be in the pits. Sign up, do whatever you can do to get in there and listen to Jeremy talk because Every promoter needs to go listen to the way that he approaches it, and uh, and they would go, they would get so much out of it, man.
1: Yeah, uh, the racers would get more out of it, the fans would get more out of it. There's no, there's no lull, there's no downtime, and that's if you go to a professional flat track race, there's a lot of downtime, a lot of lull, a lot of complaining, a lot of bickering. And one of my favorite bits of Jeremy is, you know, this is very important. Um, If you have any complaints, please write to wwwbackslash forward slash out friday complaint department department has 2 ds dot com backslash 567 hashtag hashtag complaint here dot net
0: Okay, so speaking of the show, the show part of that, which is something I've been looking at with other sports, mainly racing, like, like Supercross or like Bagger Racing like presenting that show you know like how long did it take supercross to figure out you know a couple of heat races lcqs and then the mains you know and then they get to format it on tv right so it's not the same experiences in the seats so but jeremy's figured out how to like make it all work in a live setting which is awesome but you know i think that's one of the biggest things on getting racing to stick around like i'm i'm curious as to how they're going to do that with bagger racing if that's going to you know if they're going to figure out how to present it in a way to keep it going because there's a lot of money invested in yeah it. so with the, and that's one thing i always this is one thing i want to talk about it's like racing itself you know it's a very interesting uh i don't even know what the word is i'm looking for but like you know the reason it's been able to stick around is because of the money like they're you know not just the fans you know like it's The companies have had to invest in it, you know, to keep it, you know, viable so that they can sell motorcycles, you know, the bike winning. And all that's kind of changing with the Internet, you know. Like before, if you wanted to get in a magazine, you had to be on a podium. Well, now if you just do something goofy, you can not make it in a magazine, but you can get in front of thousands of eyes on the Internet. So I know that that's affected racing big time, you know. Uh, what's your take on all that, you know, and where is, where is it going or, you know, like that development from the early beginning? I mean, because the way I see it, you know, like it's kind of like the same with rallies, you know, like the Sturgis rally we'll take, for example. You know, it started with a hill climb and a flat track race. Uh, so many people showed up. The city's like, fuck this. We can't do this anymore. And then companies like Harley-Davidson step in, like, what do you need yeah. so that our fucking customers have a place to ride their motorcycles to? You know, like, yeah. and they've gotten involved and now it's where it's at now. And I believe that racing is, you know, kind of on the same thing. It's almost like subsidized, if you will. You know, That's, what do you think about that?
1: Um, I, I miss cigarette money. Yeah, Like Camel Pro yeah. Racing, like that was the time. Man. When I was like, going
0: to Ennis, that drag strip, yeah. oh, yeah, fucking yeah. Winston everywhere.
1: Yeah, so that was, that was, that was the golden age. Um, now, now with the professional circuit, I'm not sure where it's going, man, because their biggest sponsor is Mission Chips. That's a weird sponsorship. It's so weird. And, and on the roofer hot, guy on from hot, Texas? On a hot day like this, they'll give you a free bag of chips with nothing else to go with it. That's, I I think that could be improved. Um, But uh, uh, Indians pulling out, Harley pulled out. um, Harley pulled out like three days before they uh, put my film online, and it's it's you know it's on Harley Davidson's YouTube channel. The comments are full of like, wow, they pulled out, right? What a time! (laughs) So the comments and like someone I I you know I finished this work and was proud of it. And then, like, I start reading the comments. And a friend of mine, he goes, dude, post and ghost. Post he goes, and like, ghost. Don't That's read it. that shit. Um, so I, I... As far as the professional circuit, I'm... I'm not sure where it's going to go. Um, I don't have high hopes for what's happening right now. Because, um, you know, like, my shit was like Jeffrey Carver showing up in a bike in a van that he sleeps in. And then now... Um, AFT wants to be more polished, which is good, but you must, your van must be this large. You must have this, your team needs Is that AFT or
0: is that the the bigger money teams? That's AFT. Trying,
1: putting the squeeze on AFT to do this. No, I would say that's AFT. Really? Yeah. Um, So, like, I mean, so truly like my favorite form of racing is like the Kansas fair circuit shit. Like fair festivals, Little bit ragtag. Um, you know, I like the boonie stuff that we're doing, but I like full bore dangerous racing. Um, and so like the Kansas fair circuit is like truly what like I love the most. Um, I'm not aware of this. So it's, it's, it's what you're seeing here, but it's more grassroots, more, it's more serious. Like if we could do a flat out Friday, Kansas, there is a place for that. Like, you know, I mean, that would be very hard to do. Um, Cause there's some antiquated stuff there. Like once again, it's not a fun riders meeting. It's, um, but that kind of racing and like Kilkenny's gone there and JJ have gone there. Like they know what's up, but um, yeah. So that's what I have the most hype for. It's tough for me as a professional photographer to even get into the pits to photograph with AFT. They, they, they run a tight ship. Yeah. So um, it's, I don't know. And I'm not watching it so much anymore, mostly because my home. I mean, I think
0: that's why what you're doing is it's so much more valuable now than ever. Yeah. To keep that sport alive. Yeah. You know, as to, like, like I said earlier, like commun- like teaching people about the sports so that they have knowledge to care about, you know, not just the
1: two guys up front going into the corners, but, you know, every person Everybody. behind them, Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's what I, that's what I focus on. Like, <clears throat> I don't give a shit who's wearing number one. I don't care about a big factory rider with eight guys working on his shit. That's dope. I have respect for that. Yeah. Uh, they earned that. I'm not belittling it, but me, like, I see Cameron Smith in the pits, the only black racer there, in an area that probably has some, not probably. There's some fucking racism there, dude. And you got this black privateer. Who is one of the kindest fucking coolest kids, so like that 's who i 'm there to see that 's who i 'm going to hang out when i 'm in the pits i don't want to pollute with like the the sponsors and stuff like I want to find good people risking their lives mm-hmm. to win a race so that's that's the part of the sport that interests me the most um, when it comes to the money like i don't i don 't know what 's going on, and i 'm yeah. the worst guy to talk to about money, but um it's I hope it survives and I hope it gets stronger, but it's, it's a questionable time in the professional circuit.
0: Yeah. It's just changing, you know. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna go anywhere. Uh, it is interesting that those big companies have pulled out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I understand why, you know. Yeah, well I said. If, uh, if, if AFT had somebody like Jeremy Pratt running that organization, yeah. they'd all be
1: in, you know. <laughs> they, would, they would be in, all in. There was a ongoing joke. Do you know how to make a small fortune in motorcycle racing? You start with a large fortune. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. So,
0: that's any racing. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah.
1: And there's not money in it. And it's like it's funny for me as a commercial artist to be obsessed with that sport because <laughs> what a <laughs> it what is, a you know that is very funny. Yeah, it is. Um, but I once again I have been paid uh, to create content, and Bell Helmets just hired me to do some like shoot uh, some really cool stuff with their premier riders. So like I I have I have gotten some work from it, but uh I it's it's and I've gotten very good at it, but it's it's not that's not how I'm going to buy a house, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, racing <clears throat> is uh I fucking love it. You know, Supercross is what's got my attention these days. Yeah you know, like, and not so much like the outdoor motocross right now, the way that it's set up, it's like two, you know, they're 30 minute motos, you know, it's keeping people's attention. Like it's it, even mine. Like I, I, when I have time and I can sit down and watch it, I fucking love it. Like September, I'm riding to Brooklyn and I'm going by Charlotte and going to, you know, one of the races. Yeah. Uh, but they, like, the Supercross has done a real good job of curating a, a really good show. Yeah. You know, something I would compare to what Jeremy's doing. You know, they're doing it on a different level, different kind of racing. But, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. <clears throat> MotoGP is something I haven't dove into. We have that track down there in Texas. I have not been to it yet. Uh, I don't know why that hasn't intrigued me any more than it, you know.
1: I'm obsessed with MotoGP. Still. Oh, uh, completely. Like, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, um, and and there I go to those as a spectator. You know, I'm not working. Like it's it's it is the show for me. Um, I really love it. I've been to Austin about four times, I think. Um, and I watch. Not only do I watch every race, which there's on race day, there's Moto 3, Moto 2, Moto GP, but I watch. I watched qualifying the day before, and I know the names. And honestly, I really like inviting people over to watch it with me. Um, It's their first time, and they're like, I might have questions. I'm like, fucking throw them at me, man. Like, I want you to be more knowledgeable, you know. Yeah, because then
0: you'll be more (laughs) excited about coming over and watching this with me.
1: Yeah, and then, like, if you, like, you know after the race, someone takes their helmets off and some woman might be like, that guy's fucking cute. Like I like him. And so then the next race, it's like, Ooh, there's my guy. You know, like yeah. once you get to know people, yeah. then it makes the sport so much more. Dude, fun. what I
0: love, I got some friends that I love watching Supercross with cause they're fucking just great. They're animated people. Yeah. They know the sport inside and out. And it's back to that like announcer thing, you know? And I just, I sit there and I'm like, God, I wish I could share it. Like there are other people right, that are watching those races that don't give a fuck about Carmichael telling you that the guy who gets the whole shot's going to be out front, you yeah. know, like that's important, yeah. it's like, you know, and he's not talking to those fans, but there is a space for somebody to do like their own announcing, mm. you know, where it's like, Dude, totally the fucking, the real fans talking
1: to other real fans, you yeah, know? Yeah, well, and look at like how uh, Micah and Mark talk on, I don't know if you heard, because in the pits you couldn't hear what they were saying i couldn't
0: hear dude shit. they're fucking
1: hilarious yeah. and like they're not rooting for the guy in first yeah they're rooting for <laughs> this guy like he's like this fucking motorcycle is that's about such a to better ex- approach yeah. for the yeah. bigger yeah. array of people yeah this motorcycle is about to explode it's gonna pop in five four you know they're just like laughing about other shit yeah um all right so and so one who fucking cares yeah. but this guy danger dan in this suit <laughs> Once again, they would say things like, this is the man who won the race. He stole our hearts. You know, like that's not not that clinical, clean. It's like Mystery Science Theater meets a motorcycle race, you know. Fucking make me laugh.
0: Well, So I think, uh, which isn't surprising, Dana White did it with UFC, and he brought in Snoop Dogg. How'd that go? Like he wasn't on the main broadcast. Mm -hmm. It was just like. If you want to watch this showing with Snoop Dogg doing the commentating, yeah. then it's this other package, yeah, which is fucking genius, you know, like just having somebody that's more in touch with a certain culture or community <coughs> you know, way of communicating. I mean, I think that there is an opportunity for that in almost all sports. Like totally. when I was growing up, my you know my dad loved fo- loved sports. We'd watch football, but we would listen <coughs> to the radio yeah. and watch the game because. The guys on the radio. If you're listening to a game on the radio, you fucking know what's going yeah, on and you yeah, care. Like yeah. you don't, you don't need the bullshit. Mm,
1: that's fucking. That's genius. Yeah. So
0: you listen to the guy on the radio who has like, you know, isn't only giving you the play-by-play. He's got an opinion that's, that's going to go past most of the people. Yeah. That the announcers on the TV are talking to. Yeah. And now with the internet, it just seems like there's an opportunity for that to be done. Click this button. So much button. easier.
1: To listen to this, yeah, while you're watching Supercross, dude, that's genius. Oh, you
0: want to listen to these guys, or do you want to?
1: So, but I
0: guess if they did that, then, you know, they're talking. You know, you got a guy who cares about the race. He invited some people over. Yeah, he's watching it. Yeah, now he's listening to somebody else. Where if they had the guy that does the good announcing, could talk to those people that are just at the party and suck them in. You know, it's all about that. So I get how they can't really. Stand behind it doesn't really help what they're doing yeah. you know paying those announcers that big money but like supercross just brought in uh oh fuck of course i forget his name oh fucking james stewart
1: you okay know james stewart yeah, yeah yeah
0: he's announcing now okay and it's hilarious like you can see it he's got these nicknames just so much more colorful yeah you know and it's it was uh you know he came in for a couple of shows you know carmichael's been doing it for a long time and now you can see like the You know, he was threatened there at the end of the season. Like he's like, Oh fuck, this Stewart's fixing now we're now we're not racing on the track together. We're like Yeah. We're seeing who's gonna have the spotlight on the fucking TV, you know? Yeah. It's interesting, you know.
1: So in twenty twenty, uh the some of the AFT guys got together, um, and there's a motorcycle racing video game with a flat track.
0: There's a flat track video game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's
1: you got to find it. It's deep in the UI, but like <laughs> it's there. So we ended up they they had races with prizes uh, on a video game headset. Like everyone has to race at the same time. You know, like it's like yeah. And being on headset playing a video game with guys who know so much about motorcycles my motorcycle was just cracking me up I uh, muted my mic and great, just listened. Dude. yeah <clears throat> these guys are roasting each other and like you could see you know here's Corey Texter here's Chad Coase here's you know Evan Sin is in there somewhere but it's it's people knowing the sport and also roasting the shit out of each other like and then like they're also like talking about because you can change you're like, able
0: to watch this and listen live
1: yeah And you can like, you can also like change your sprockets and shit in the game and your suspension. And they're asking like, Hey, what'd you do with your rear setup? He's like none of your fucking business, Uh, you know, or trading notes. Like, uh, so like that. Yeah. Having colorful people that know about the sport makes it all so much better. So much better.
0: And I think that now is the time that people are, the racing world is going to have to maybe take advantage of that, you know, and start like getting creative with the way they present this show. You know, because that's what it is, and that's how I believe it's going to stay alive. is is presenting these races in a way where it's more digestible to more people. Yeah. And now more than ever, you can be creative. You can try some things out. You can do some things differently.
1: Yeah, and and the target audience is not the seventy five year old man who's been going to races for forty years. Like let's let's let's. Yeah, you hope don't have to talk keeps... to that guy.
0: He's going to watch no matter who's talking. Right. Right. Even but if you have to turn it down. Yeah.
1: Now how are you gonna bring in uh, a young female who doesn't care about engines? You, you know, you find like, a
0: young female who does, they can talk to those young females, right. you yeah. know?
1: And, yeah, and so like there's, you know, like the stuff with Royal Enfield is doing with like Anna, um, Serena, like they're, they're now bringing in new people to build Stoke. And <clears throat> I remember one race um, in Lima, uh, Shayna Texter won the race. Shayna is like five foot nothing. 90 pounds she won the race and uh the guy sitting next to me like they were putting money on racers not knowing who they were just okay. like uh, 52 like i, I picked 52 yeah. she won and he was like that guy fucking rocks he's so <laughs> fast <laughs> and i was like hey my guy that's uh that's oh, yeah. a female yeah. and he was like <gasps> a dude so like that you know that's the kind of shit we need like let's bring in Diversity, weirdness, strangeness—like build, stoke—that makes everyone excited. Like you
0: know, an uh, idea I was talking about with a friend last week was, uh, you know, the you know what a Grand Prix race is. And I'm gonna say this like I know, but I don't really fully know. But Grand Prix races are like the, the the way I see them—they're like enduro races that go through cities. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they yeah. like have a yeah. How cool to be to like go, just find all the Grand Prix races around the country, and go race them with the Pan Am, in like throw a party for like the v-twin crowd you know at these races that are probably fun to go to yeah even if you're not into dirt bikes if you can hang out at a bar drink beer ride your bike to a bar drink beer and watch racers go by that'd be fucking sweet and just go hit up Grand Prix races all over the country.
1: Yeah, and, and change the trajectory a little bit and make it weird. Like, I remember in Sturgis- Just to which,
0: have, go have fun, Yeah, you know?
1: like the stuff we were doing in Sturgis with you taking a chopper over fucking buried cars. <laughs> yeah, was... Uh, there was a fucking giant of a man that came up and uh, is on the microphone talking and this man, I'm, I'm right there to witness this, this guy goes, give me that microphone. And then Micah's like, Micah's a big dude, too. Yeah, he is. Here, yeah, he, here. He, he. Like, this guy just alpha the shit out of him. Micah hands him the microphone. <laughs> I don't know what this guy's going to say. No one does. This guy, he goes, I've been going to races my whole life. And I've never seen any cooler shit than this. You guys better be having a good fucking time. And it's like, that dude was so stoked. <clears throat> To have that something was, new and different. And that weird. was such a
0: cool race. Dude you know, like, smiles. Everywhere. I mean, that's kind of like the Grand Prix attitude. That race, you know, that it brought that attitude to the table. You know, yeah. like, come through, race right through where the people are hanging out, right in their faces. You know, like it's great. It's yeah. great entertainment. Like yeah. whether you're on the track or you know on the sidelines drinking liquid death. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's great. But that, the, the Grand Prix thing, I thought, was that could be a fun deal just to, like... A hundred percent. Just go to these places. Because like, any town that's letting you race motorcycles through town, it's probably a pretty cool fucking town exactly. to check out anyways, yeah. you know? like Correct. So there's just, like, a lot of things that would be awesome to go do. And, you know, the content... I mean, there's there could be a lot done with that. <clears throat> yeah.
1: You know? Well, and, yeah, totally. When the community embraces it. Like, River West, which is where we are now, like, it's, it's a community that supports the weirdness and you know it's a quiet clean place right now but like river west 24 it's going to be a fucking shit show with people camping out in this place or like hey like i made i made burritos for you like you know like please come and get a free burrito like they they embrace it's so good yeah you can't well, talk on that's the street anymore because of like,
0: jeremy. i mean hearing jeremy talk about the reasons and the ideas <laughs> and the morale and logic and the fucking the mission statement of yeah. that
1: race? Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> the night he helped me move in, we walked to this restaurant that's close, and this girl walks up, and she's got, every, every River West 24, they do a new tattoo. Okay. And there's people that just collect them, and like it's basically oh, a you're, show. You're
0: saying River West Twenty? I was thinking 2024.
1: Oh. You're talking about the race. Is the gone. race, yeah, okay. yeah, 24 hour race.
0: So next race. year's a
1: big deer. Race, the d- yeah, the 24, the 24. Yeah. Um, and so the, it's not a bicycle race. It is a people's parade. Yeah. So we go to this restaurant and Jeremy is the definition of humble. You know, that man's never bragged a day in his life. So we go to this restaurant and the waitress comes up and she's got a bunch of River West 24 tattoos. And Jeremy's like, oh, like, what, are, what are these tattoos? Tell me about it. And she's like, oh, it's a bicycle race called the River West 24 she's educating the man who oh invented my it God, that's and he's so just good. he's keeping his mouth shut did you understand yeah yeah at that point yeah okay and the cool thing is it's like that's jeremy's philosophy it's it's not i'm i'm not going to give you the elevator pitch yeah. let's have this girl who's been for years and years tell us what it is and what it means that's awesome. so yeah so jeremy started that shit man and like he is he's the mayor of River West but he hates when people say that um but, yeah, oh, dude, things- when I was
0: walking around before I got to know him and even heard about the race, you know, I show up in his neighborhood and he had a couple things he had to do. You know, I think Lala came over. But like just people were like they would see him from fucking five houses away. Yeah. And they're like, hey, Jerry. You yeah. know, Just like saying. I was just like, I'm with a special person right now. Like yeah. I didn't understand the scope of it. Yeah. At the, you know, when I when I but I was seeing something was happening. And, and then when he tells me about that race, I was like, we don't even have to talk about motorcycles.
1: Like, Yeah. This, that's why this isn't even really a motorcycle podcast. We're not really talking about motorcycles. No. And I told you before we started, like, you, you talk about engine parts. I'm, I'm,
0: yeah. If you go past sprockets, I'm out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You, you, you take the talking stick, I'll listen, and I'll get bored. And yeah. there's, another great thing with, there's another great thing with Jeremy. Like, yeah. if, if people are doing that, he'll walk past and he'll just go, Boring. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I want to see
0: Jeremy today. I'm we will. I'm looking forward to that. Me too. Uh, see, today we're going to go the damn show. So there's a damn show at the museum, uh-huh. Detroit Antique Motorcycle Show, and then there's the Mama Tried Show. Are, they, are those together? Is those separate? Like, how, how is this even working? Do you know?
1: No. Uh, and, like, truly, like, this event is... This event is not what I like about motorcycles. Like, I don't need to see... 400 baggers parked side by side and really? rhinestones on the jeans. I don't, really? I don't, well, I'm don't. I not against a good time. Come on. You those know? guys
0: came to party, dude.
1: So, yeah, yeah. And, like, the party is... The party is what I'm interested in, like, seeing friends. And, like, there's so many people here, like you, uh, Jake from prison. I'm, I'm kind of like... Topher.
0: I'm on the fence about it, though.
1: I mean, what, there's part in, of
0: me where I'm like, you know, am I just, like... You know, am I getting used right now to just, like entertain these people you know or Is like that a bad thing no I don't and, I, and that's where I'm like sometimes I don't know you yeah know, I'm like you know like you know that we do a chopper show at Daytona and Sturgis where it's just like we're just like the sideshow over here you know for these other people yeah you know sometimes I'm like fuck I don't know if that's good or bad you know I'm like getting people involved or you know I don't know it's like just a weird thing
1: yeah and like I mean that's what and it's an,
0: I feel like it's an opportunity but at the same time I'm like bye I
1: don't know. Yeah, and like Sturgis to me is the same thing. Like I have no interest going towards the main strip in Sturgis. Oh yeah. Give me a pocket of weirdos over here. You come to us and see what we're doing. So, and I think that's what this weekend, this week will be for me is, I I don't want to go where everyone is. I don't, I'm not going to go see Green Day. I'm going to go host the Brazilians in my backyard uh, and then take them bowling, you know. So like that's 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 my mission. But then there's gonna be some fun shit. Dude, so, like, I just
0: hold on. I got to fucking piss. Like, okay. A
1: racehorse. I just like all
0: of a sudden drop. I was holding it back. Can I on these
1: bushes over here? Uh, hide yourself. Now we have two clips. I'll put it okay. together if you want. No, I got. Because um, if that fuck fucker it. dies, then we just lost everything. No, it doesn't. Now there's. It's, yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. No, you have no. had it die? Yeah. It it maintains. Yeah. All right, I need to relax. I guess. <laughs> Hey, I have lost some. But
0: yeah. It wasn't because the battery died. Okay. It's because the battery died and we kept going and totally. it just wasn't recording. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I didn't press record. Dude, one of the greatest fucking stories I ever got, the thing wasn't recording.
1: Did you have the old model of this? No. So there was a previous model that you had to, so stupid, you had to press record twice. <laughs> so pushing record once wasn't enough. Like, woke it up.
0: And oh, then record twice. Weird. So,
1: like, that thing was infamous for, like, you idiot. You didn't push record twice. I right? got a
0: question for you. But yeah. So
1: now that we're on podcast talk,
0: uh, I've been getting a lot of push to do video, right, to do uh-huh. with this. And I know that it would, you know, sure, it might reach more people. There could, I could get more out of it. Other companies, I could, you know. Yeah. It would, it would work better. But this right here is awesome.
1: Right. You know, like, we don't need a crew of four people, and no. like, you know, double and, and that's and where I'm, not, I'm just
0: not willing to. I'm not a video guy, I'm not going to come <clears> over here <throat> and set up cameras and do it justice. I don't want to make the guest or me not look as good like, yeah, as they yeah, could. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, it's like, and being able to do it just like this is one of those. This is like another podcast where I'm like. This is why I don't do video.
1: Yeah. It well, couldn't like, happen. Well, I thought my neighbor was about to fire up a lawnmower. Yeah, I did too. And if, if he did, I was going to pick this up and we would walk to the front untethered, not like, all right, like, all right, crew. we got to pause and like, where are we going to go now? Does it yeah. look good? Um, yeah, you could do this anywhere. Um, and like, Mama tried. But I could, do, I mean, I could do the video. Like, it, like, I'm not
0: completely opposed to it. The way I did it and Mama Tried. Yeah. It worked. In doing it once, I know how I could do it differently and make it better for everybody in the future. Yeah. Uh, which I thought that one was still great. You know, it yeah. still worked good. Uh, and maybe I'll do that. But what's your take on that, like the video podcast? Because it so, seems like,
1: you know. Yeah. Um, so like what Mama Tried Flat Out Friday, they're doing with their podcast. They do video. It's, a, it's an audio. The main mission is the audio. The video is secondary uh brian is doing all their work and that show looks great and especially like when i all right if i don't know who they're talking to i'll just listen on audio but if it's someone i know and like scott johnson seeing seeing that man laugh gives me life so like i love i do love watching the video portion because like you get to see like the laughter and back and forth. Like it's, it's really cool, but it's a lot of work.
0: It I mean, is. look at what
1: you have. You have a machine the size of a pack of cigarettes and two microphones, you're done, you know? If you have more, you got fucking tripods and you got a camera that's worth some money and you like got to make sure it's in focus and exposed. And if the lighting changes, like you got to make adjustments. Um, so it's more work. I do I do understand... Well, like, Conan O'Brien's podcast. He does video. I don't watch any of it. Besides what... Conan they,
0: O'Brien does a podcast. Yeah, it's great. Does he do the Late Show anymore? Is he done nope, with that?
1: Nope, He's just podcasting. Dude, TV's going fucking away. Yeah, yeah. So there are, like, audio elements where, like, they'll put a clip, like, you know... Um, uh, trying to think who he's... Like, um, Harrison Ford... Harrison Ford talks about someone who told him to change his name for movies or something. So, like, there's a video clip that's, like, a highlight that you can watch, which is different than just, like, I'm going to listen to this whole podcast. It gives you the ability to just give little snippets because people have no attention spans anymore. So, like, show yeah. them a funny clip. Um, and then, like, it, it does give your face presence, you know, because, like, sometimes <clears throat> I, like, I don't. If you follow Fast and Left, like there aren't pictures of me on there. So you don't know who that person is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll have people like, I had a buddy who, um, we were in Brazil. Uh, I'd known him for like uh, a week at that point. Nothing but fucking good times. Last, the last week in, or the last night in Brazil, we're in my hotel room, um, having a little party there. And, uh, My friend, Doug, he goes, dude, like, he goes, like, I just love racing and I'm learning about it. I have so many questions. And he goes, have you seen this film Fast and Left? And I kind of pulled a proc and I'm like, dude, what is it? Like, tell me more. (laughs) He starts explaining this film to me. And he's like, dude, like, it's, it's one of my favorite motorcycle movies ever. And I said, thank you very much. He goes, he goes, what did you like, did you work on it? I was like, dude, I did everything. This man, like, had to pause. And, like, he's like, I'm, dude, I'm really sorry. I didn't know that was you. So um, maybe that's on me for not, like, branding and, like, I mean. I don't, is it a bad thing? It's not a bad thing at all. I don't think so. Yeah, but, like, in bringing it back, like, if if I brought an image to, if you put a face on what you're doing, then... You will garner more attention, but also is that is that great? You might shy away some too. Yeah,
0: yeah. like with my T-shirt company, MC Shop Tees. From the get-go, I made it separate. Like I didn't want, I didn't want to like, you know, some to some people a chopper is pretty intimidating, right? I don't want yeah. people who don't ride a chopper to think they can't be a part of MC Shop Tees. Yeah. So and that was my main reason to keep it separate. Uh, <clears throat> you know, sometimes I wonder now. Like I, I talk to people, and they're like just think that's a, a show sponsor or something that's not, yeah. that somebody else is doing. Uh, you know, so I wonder, maybe I should, or maybe, I, you know, I don't know. I'm just winging it. Me but too. It seems like there is some benefit to that, to yeah. like me not being a part, not being the face of that company yeah. to some degree, I'm trying to figure out how to like, where if you come to me from the Danger Dan side of things, the talk shop, the podcast, then you know that that's my baby. But if you come to MC shop T's from a different avenue, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's a cool fucking t-shirt company. Yeah. But yeah, with the fast and left, I think, yeah, I think it's probably good to be separate,
1: you know, to where it's just that, dude,
0: that speaks so much, you know?
1: Yeah, and I have to remind people sometimes like, to, to discuss social media for a second, like I, if you look at my personal page, I don't fucking talk about motorcycles. You know, th- those are my friends from life. And then all my motorcycle shit goes to Fast and Left. And sometimes I have to like, let people know like, hey, if you're interested in motorcycles, please follow this. And then from the opposite end like, hey, this is, this is who I am. Like these are, these are two separate things. I didn't so realize
0: you had a separate account yeah. until this week, I think.
1: Yeah, it's just my name. Yeah, yeah, Evan H. Sin and then like Fast and Left. So it's like Fast and Left film. So it's like two different things. That, Cause I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a branding guy. Like, and I've, I've been called out a lot, dude, for like, like Chris is roasting me right now for like not having a manager, not like going to seek out clients, yeah. like, you know, um, I'm not good at that. And if someone took mm. over that for me, that'd be dope. Yeah. But, but I,
0: I feel the same way. I'm yeah. like, I am so terrible at self-promotion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Somebody I'm, could do that though. Yeah. But there's a spot. I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. No, no. Yeah, so how have you seen your work, like the commercial work change? I mean, you talked about doing some stuff with Harley. Have you seen more motorcycle commercial work come your way? Yeah, yeah. Because of that film? Mm-hmm. Did you intend for
1: that, or was that, you know, just kind of a byproduct of? I mean, of y- yes, I did intend for that because, like, with, <clears throat> I have I have a style with how I shoot uh, which is which is different than a lot of people like I am not I'm not the guy that's going to do a 30 second social media reel that's going to be delivered in two days you know like I'm more of like a big picture longer drawn out thing um, so I, I have had I have had motorcycle work uh, come in not enough um, but and also like knowing so I did a lot of stuff with aviation when I was in Kansas. Yeah, my dad's man, that's uh, big there. Yeah, my did dad's, you ever go um, to that
0: show I've heard about where it's like the the planes all show up to the Oshkosh, town? Maybe. Yeah. yeah, that's
1: like next week. I'll be there. No way. I'll be working. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Um, I'll be editing remotely, so not a sexy, uh, not a sexy. It, it's it's really dope, but. Um, yeah, it'll be a different experience. It'll be like late night editing in a hotel room, but um, that's a really cool experience. It's the busiest airport for like, in the world for like two days. Wow. Like Sturgis, you know, it goes from nothing to everything. I, mean, I hear
0: people just talking about the guy leaving the bar and then going out and picking up the back of his plane and
1: backing it up on the yeah, street. Yeah, 100%. So that he could take off. Yeah, That just sounds so awesome. So uh, my, dad's is, my dad is a extremely talented aviation photographer. Hangs out of the back of a bomber and no takes pictures. Way. Of, yeah. it, like real fucking shit. Oh, this is in your blood then. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um so I got work, also not through him. Like it, it happens separately. He's my stepdad, so we don't share the same last name, but he's my he's my dad, you know. Yeah. Um so and I do have a real dad, um, and he's 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 great. He's a good guy. Um <laughs> So when I moved from Kansas to here, I lost all my clients, you know? So like I moved here blind gamble. Um, I made more money back then. That's why I'm in like a place that's almost too nice. Like, cause this costs money, you know, it's a fancy place, um, yeah, but it, nice. it, it costs a little bit. So like I, I was in a weird place for a few months where it's like, well, a fucking year, like where I was not doing video work. So I started fucking bartending, which I like. But like, it was, it was, it was weird too, like, like, cause I can, I can hold a camera and I love motorcycles. And so here I am not promoting, not branding and, you know, woe is me. Why am I not working? It's because I'm, you know, not pushing, I'm not pushing hard enough. Um, and you know, that's on me, but I'm so bad at that. Like, pushing and promoting and i'm good at this yeah
0: what i was getting at was like you know one thing that i i probably i spend it more energy than i should trying to make sure that i don't suck the soul out of riding a motorcycle because yeah 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 you know that's part of work right and it's you know you you came into it a little differently like you you were doing it at the same time you were falling in love while documenting it and uh what do you see in there? Nothing. Okay, good. I'm just. But you know, like, and that's why I was asking. this. like, because I know there's a balance there. Like, and, you know, people always say if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Well, I, I don't know that I
1: 100% agree with that. Me you know? neither. I showed up yesterday. Um, it's funny. I have some edits to do, um, so I should be working. But so it's, it's it's also the weekend. Are hey, you doing self promoting right now? We're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm working. Yeah. Um, these hams are, uh, putting these on the company card. Yeah. Um, so I show up at the Harley museum to give Chris from garage Metallica, his sunglasses and to give DJ Kev a hat. Like that's why I showed up fast forward five hours. I'm still there. now I'm having, you know, dinner with the Brazilians and like hosting. Um, but I had people come up to me and they're like, where's your camera? Where's your camera? Like, cause I'm the fucking camera guy, you know? Um, And I fucking didn't have it on me, and I kind of really fucking like that. Because there's images being taken all over the place, and, like, as soon as we're done here, like, my camera's coming back on, but, like, yeah, I was... People were asking, like, where my camera was, um, and it was kind of fun not to fucking have it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting uh, position I think we both find ourselves in. Yeah. I enjoy it, you know, but I also... You know, I think the video thing is one of those things where I know that that'll really start. I I have a hard time listening to myself when I edit these things. Sure. You know. Sure. But I definitely couldn't edit the video. Like that would, you know, it'd no. have to be. Look at my
1: dumb fucking face. Yeah. Fuck, I look so dude. fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like I I know that feeling. Yeah. Uh, but it's an interesting. You
0: know, it's a. I think it's a. You know, uh, it's a beautiful situation to find myself in. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I don't want to take the piss out of this. You know. Yeah. I really don't. And I think, and that's, I think maybe that's one thing I like about Prox so much, is he, he, the way he communicates first and foremost is mm-hmm. just amazing. But you know, the way he can just, I don't know, remove himself from the situation, like, the position he's in and see it from a different perspective and then also come back and communicate that perspective so yeah. well. Uh, you know, but also he works so fucking hard. Sometimes I feel like I'm lazy because I'm not doing
1: more, you know? Yeah, I and Jeremy, also- always, Jeremy always needs something to do, you know? Um, River West 24, I had my buddy from Sao Paulo, Palinto, was staying with me. No, he was staying with Jeremy. Palinto wanted to go get food. So I go to Jeremy's house to pick up Palinto and get food. Walk up to Jeremy's house. He's like, are you scared of heights? No. He's like, are you good with knots? I go, no. He goes, all right, take this ladder, go up in that tree, run this extension cord, we're going to hang this sign, and, like, I'm, I'm working now, you know? <laughs> so, like, Jeremy, Jeremy's always pushing and working and building something which, which, which is so needed in this world, because, like, me, I'll fucking, like, dude, like, today... I, I will go to the war run but like today I could easily once if another person showed up and another person showed up my whole day could be spent right here Yeah. so sometimes I I mean that's how I find myself at events when I go yeah. to places when I when I'm able to establish like
0: when I take my family and I if I bring my family to an event I'm establishing like a home base yeah and then I might not leave that home base right you know like there's other things I want to do but once I'm there it's yeah. like and then people show up and they're like why would you
1: leave here? And I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And like, you have such a, you have such a presence too. Like, if you walk into event, an event, like, people are gonna come to you, see you, and like the the the, the natural. You have such an ease and naturalness, you know, that like uh, is really inviting. So, we're working even just by socializing, right?
0: I guess. I mean, I don't want to call it
1: work. Yeah, but, but it, it it creates a it creates a presence and you it's know, a seeing, commodity yeah, yeah it yeah. really is yeah.
0: I mean just being able to communicate really well uh, dude and
1: like one one thing that like meant a lot to me I don't know if you remember this but in Bigsby um I that was fun I got paid to be there but also just talk motorcycles but I show up late I don't know anyone I walk into this hotel I'm kind of just looking around and I just hear bootsteps coming behind me faster and faster large feet and you just grab me from behind. <laughs> What's up, man? That made me feel so fucking good, good. You know, like, here's, like, all right, all right, we're here, you know? So... I was so stoked that you were there. That's, mean, that and was... that, means, that means a lot to me for you to be stoked that I, I'm there, you know? Oh, like that was awesome. So, yeah. So, like, even that, like, presence and meeting people again and again and again and creating creating stories and a presence is, like, it's, it's effortless, um to some people and it, it, it means a lot. So yeah. So
0: I stashed my bike at Austin's house.
1: Oh fuck yesterday. yeah. Yesterday. Where does he live? Here? No. Oh, okay.
0: He lives in Santa Fe. Okay. Surely he's okay with that. Yeah yeah.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, his address? Cool.
0: yeah. Uh it hold on, let me pull it up. It was a beautiful road. Just going to his place. You know, and that's one thing I love about some of my favorite guests, this you being one of them now, is has been photographers and filmmakers and people that are very, you know, don't I, 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 maybe maybe it's just me being very naive and thinking, oh, this guy can take a photo, you know? A photo a photo speaks a million words, whatever the saying is, but so will that fucking person that's taking it. Yeah. And very, very well at communicating, too, a lot of the times, at least yeah. the ones I've dealt with. You know, I've always enjoyed hearing the perspective of people trying to capture, you know, things with the, you know, with the camera. Yeah. Uh, Austin's one of those people I'm really stoked. I love talking to him on the phone. You know, like that's. Besides Bisbee, it's just been over the phone. you a big phone guy? I don't enjoy it. Like, it's not... But I do it. I know that that's part of... I mean, I got to make phone calls almost every morning. Yeah. I hate it in Texas because the morning is the best time to get out and do stuff outside. But it's also the best time to, like, contact with people. Yeah. And then by the time I get done with my phone calls in the morning, it's hot as fuck and I go outside and do my shit.
1: Yeah. I need to get better with phone calls. Um, And I've been called out recent, as recently as uh, one hour ago about my communication skills.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: And so I... Uh, it's 2023,
0: I, man. You, can, I, you know, you got I, that thing at your fingertips. I
1: am, I am at a point now where I'm going to focus on my communication because even this week it's gotten me in trouble and created some drama. So I... My, my goal is to... Embrace a little more honest communication and being up front and you you, you see the you see the benefit of that with like people like Jeremy Like there's there's no bullshit with that guy. He's so good at it You know and if you I had an embarrassing early I love it
0: how he doesn't really table anything. No. Like if something if something hits him that he needs to say it's like He almost doesn't fucking hear anything coming out of anybody's fucking mouth He might be polite enough to let everybody Yeah Talk yeah until he can interject but yeah He's, that's, that is the, it's going to get approached or addressed right then and there. Yeah,
1: and there's, yeah, there's no gray area. Like, you know, when Jeremy asks you how your day's going, you can't say good. Good. (laughs) What made, what made, what made it good? What did you learn today? What what kind of Uh, smells? Uh, Do you feel you know the people of Milwaukee better? Oh
0: my gosh.
1: Um, So I'm, I'm, I'm making a personal mission starting right now to, um, be a little more like that with my, be a lot more like that with my communication because, um it's necessary if we just if we float by willy nilly without, you know, just assuming everything's going to work out. Like you 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 create your own future by the things you're saying and doing.
0: I think what it is more than anything is what you just said is going just letting things go is they will go. But unless you fucking put those thoughts and those energies in those things in the context and communicate with yourself even if it's like Like, when I was doing the podcast through South America, where I was just going through all these crazy experiences, I wanted to do it, like, every day do a recap. Yeah. You know, like, just do a fucking 20-minute, this is what happened today. But then I found out that I, I wasn't that good at storytelling. I would disagree heavily. But if I would have these, if I would tell these stories to people ahead of time, in like, dial it up and figure out and like and not even there wasn't even a lot of thought that went into it it was just me saying the shit out loud to somebody even if they weren't listening or paying attention and they were just waiting for me to stop talking so they could tell me about their day
1: it was just enough for me to like dial some shit up so that I could record it yeah but also that that initial conversation is probably what should be recorded you know because that has a natural ease to it as opposed to all right, I just hit record now I'm talking, and like well today you didn't say we're recording now, you know it just it, it starts, it goes, yeah, which is where the best shit happens you know before and after um, so yeah, I would say if you if you want to do things like that, m- do it exactly like this
0: well, what I'm saying is like communicating it's yeah. like just 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 talking to somebody. Uh, about whatever it is you're you know everything just kind of like helps you focus what you're doing instead of just letting it flow you realize that you have control you know like you can manipulate you know like uh not even that you can manipulate it just reinforces how much effect you have on that you know reality around you yeah
1: and sometimes it helps to just talk about it you know (laughs)
0: get other people on the same page dude there's nothing
1: like coming back from like a big event and then having like a friend who's not involved with that shit like let me let me tell you about my fucking day you know like when i was bartending like i would come back and you know hey where were you last week like usually here on tuesdays i'm like yeah well i was in bigsby shooting a documentary for harley and like and just like wait what like that's what you do and like just like telling those stories to people um reminds us that this is a fucking great time to be alive it and i'm is. glad we're doing what we're doing so the guy that i brought uh, i didn't even bring him i invited him to
0: come up here my friend greg dude greg greg is the reason i bought a harley 10 15 years ago Because he was just a friend of mine, he was like a a boss, a co-worker at the time, and he had a 61 Panhead, it was fucking cool as shit. Uh, You you were riding motorcycles at this time already, or? I was riding like, out of necessity, and because I was a fucking delinquent, and those were cheap. Sure. Like, I've always enjoyed it, but when I went to like, I got my shit together, per se, and like, made some money, I was fixing to have a kid, but I was like, I can't look like a pussy in front of my son, and. And not have a motorcycle yeah, not that i knew it was going to be a son of course but i was going to buy a honda you're like or not even a honda but i was like looking at all the options you know and i had talked about a honda being one of them at one point and he was like i don't even know if i can be your friend if you buy a fucking honda you know like huh he kind of pushed me in that direction where i ended up buying a heritage classic and you know now we're here and yeah but anyways He's never been on the podcast, even though he would be a great guest. Right. He's never been to any fucking shows, any events, anything I've ever done. But we have ridden a lot of miles. We used yeah. to have a club we called the Water Street Winos, where our blood alcohol content was always higher than miles ridden that Jesus day. Jesus Christ. What a, what a good bit. What a, what a good bit. Uh, but, you know, I, you know, I got to bring him here this weekend and, you know, invite him up. And That's it's pretty also, cool to, like, share this as well. But it's yeah. always, back to what you're saying, like... Telling him about the stuff from like yeah. a perspective where he gets it, but he's, he, you know. That's the best
1: person to have, too. Uh, like, he is I love the best. taking people to their first flat track race, just like watching MotoGP. It's like, and people would be like, I don't really know what's going on. It's like, don't worry, you're in good company. Yeah. I will explain this. And like, you, would you like to go meet this racer now? Ask him some questions. Like, I love, I'm not, I mean, I am interested in talking to the guy who's been to 1,000 motorcycle races, of course but also that person at their first race or like seeing their first event. Like it's, it's cool. Cause that happened to me. I was that guy, Yeah. you know, I was at my first flat track race. I had questions. Now I, I give the answers, you know, because, <laughs> because I fell in love with it and learned um, and embraced it. So. Yeah. You can't give answers to people who don't ask questions. No. And yeah. So bringing people to their first, you know, well, it's funny. I was, I was, I was bartending and I had just, uh, I had just uh photographed for Bell, helmets. Um, I was literally, its a slow morning. I'm editing photos at the bar. It's dead. And, uh, this great like family comes in and like, they're, we're vibing and talking. I'm telling them about Milwaukee and then motorcycles get brought up and they're kind of like, what, what does this type of racing look like? What, what's it entail? I'm like, actually, you know what, like here, I just turn my laptop around and I'm like this, you know, this is what, this is what it looks like. And I, <clears throat> I had stoked from that, like teaching someone about, a sport they weren't aware of mm-hmm. or you know going to an event with someone who hasn't been to one and then they'll take that story then they'll buy a Harley instead of a Honda you know like if you <laughs> if you if you teach them about the things that are fucking cool also well, Honda, Hondas just, are super he'll cool he'll just too. never go to another event <laughs> you think so you think he's done well he just you know yeah what if he sees it and he's like this is this is not no, my game no he knows Thanks.
0: exactly what he's getting into okay. uh i mean yeah it's just He's, I mean, he's he's older, and he's never been to like any of the the chopper events that I go. Yeah. You know, like it's just just a different, you know, different experience for him. Yeah, and he probably did it a long time ago, and you know, he's over it. Yeah, I can understand that. But it's cool. He's, I mean, he's a great dude, and I'm stoked to like, like right now. That's what we we need to fucking kill this thing and go hang out with everybody. Go to the museum. I haven't even put my feet on the ground at this place yet. Right. I just got my motorcycle back. I haven't seen it since Milwaukee in February.
1: You're going to let me ride that thing. Let's go right now. You want to? Let's go. All right. You're up. Hey, thank you. Dude, that was fun. (laughs) Yeah, that was. I love you so.
0: I love you too much. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Harley Davidson, for throwing a party this weekend. I hope that you guys were all there. If you missed out, you fucked up, because there's not going to be a 120th birthday party again. And uh, mcshoptees.com, knivesmadebynick.com, dot motorcyclesherpa.com I, uh, dude. Can't wait to put out these other podcasts and looking forward to seeing all of you in Sturgis. Peace.